0: All right, good morning, Epic Church. My name is Chris, and I've got a couple more announcements for you today. No, I don't. Actually, I'm the guest speaker today. So, hey, don't build me up yet, okay? You haven't heard the message, okay? So hold on. Um, actually the good news is, uh, the service is going to last about seven minutes because that's all the time that I'm usually allotted for, for announcements. And that's kind of the way I'm wired. So all we have to do is be in agreement. We're going to tell Trent, we went like 30 minutes or so, and then we get out for an early brunch. Are we good? I love it. Fantastic. Well, happy father's day to all the dads out there. Um, you guys are amazing. And I just want to thank you for all the things that you do day in and day out to be a dad. Um, in fact, I'm a dad myself, and uh, I, I think unexpectedly we're pulling up a picture. Oh, wow, there are my kids. There is 13-year-old Joshua, and there is uh, Christopher, who will be 16 in a couple weeks. So yes, he is driving. So I would say pray for me that I don't pull all my hair out by the end of the year, but um, we're a little too late. But one of the good things about being up here is that you can pull off surprise pictures like this, and your kids are in the audience, and they have no idea that was going to happen. So hey, guys, how you doing? That's cool. Right, we can go ahead and take that down. But seriously, I am honored uh, to be here today and to share some of my story with you. You see, God has done so much in my life to bless me, that I'm always open to talking about it and sharing my faith. I've been in law enforcement for a little over 22 years with the Flagler County Sheriff's Office, and I've been a Christian for 18 years. So I know what it's like to live my life without believing in God, and then I know what it's like to go through a transformation and turn my life over to Christ. Today I want to share with you how God has changed me from a man 22 years ago who thought he knew everything to a man today who finds great delight in serving others. And my prayer for you today as you hear my story is that you'll consider becoming part of something that's bigger than yourself. My hope is that you become part of God's movement that changes lives, just how God changed my life. As I said, I began a career about 22 years ago in uniform patrol, and as the years gone by, um, I currently serve as a commander of our training and accreditation unit, so I pretty much oversee all the training for the sheriff's office. And back in my younger days, when I was on patrol in uniform, I got to do some cool stuff. I got into car chases, right? I got into foot chases, went to bank robberies and bar fights and family disturbances, and you know, everything was really, really cool, probably because I was a heck of a lot younger back then. But, um, you know, what happens with, uh, uh, with that is that after a few years of gaining experience, you kind of look for the, new th- the next thing. And what I did is I moved into plainclothes narcotics after that. And this is where outside the county I would buy crack off the streets or I'd go to a rave club and I'd buy ecstasy or did some narcotics deals with mid-level uh, state and uh, federal law enforcement agencies. I thought I was kind of living in a Miami Vice movie. So picture this long flowing hair, you know, business in the front, party in the back, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Closet full of white jackets, rolled up pants, and loafers with no socks. My kids are like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we weren't born yet. But anyway, I didn't really dress like that, but it kind of s- sounds kind of cool. But back then I thought I was the man, okay? But although things were really cool from my point of view, I was engaged to Melissa, who is now my wife, and living the life of an undercover cop isn't really conducive to um, being married and starting a family. So Melissa said, hey, you know what? Um, Maybe you should leave the undercover work to Crockett and Tubbs. And I said, yeah, I get it. All right, no problem. So I transferred, only a couple left. everybody remember Crockett and Tubbs from Miami Vice? Anyway, I got one hand. Awesome, thank you. So anyway, I transferred back to Uniform Patrol Division. Um, But not long after... I transferred back to uniform. I, I was still searching for that adrenaline rush, you know, that, that, that dump of adrenaline that when you're out there buying narcotics and things are kind of crazy. So I looked for the next best thing and uh, I joined the SWAT team. So uh, now being on SWAT gave you a status or at least I thought it gave you a status. Um, and I, probably, I think that probably the rest of the team thought the same thing. You know, we called ourselves the best of the best. We used to have a little saying that, when people need help, they call police. And when the police need help, they call SWAT, right? That's, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we have pretty big egos. I'll say it right now, we did. I remember when the Taser product first came out, and uh, we, were, we were all thinking to ourselves, how bad can that hurt? You know, we all stuck a, a nine volt to our tongue when we were kids, right? How bad can that be? So one day at training, we decided we shot off a cartridge and we grabbed the wires, and I was like, I don't know, tape one to my ankle and my neck. I mean, the, the further it's out, it's supposed to be more effective. So. Um, well, I was like, tase me, bro, once it was uh, taped on and uh, yeah, stiffened up. And you ever see a two by four just hit and bounce a couple times? <laughs> it happened. It's on video to prove it. And no, I will not be showing it today. Okay, that's hidden in the archives. I don't know if it was against policy, but I think statute of limitations is up. So I think I'm in good shape right now. But anyway, needless to say, our egos did get the best of us sometimes. Okay. But when you start to experience things like that, you begin to form a bond. You begin to form like a band of brothers. In fact, I've got a short clip from a movie to give you an idea of some of the silly macho games men play, but how those games also kind of um, begin to uh, bond us together. So I I got this movie, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it, it's called Braveheart. (laughs) I know, Pastor Trent's favorite movie, and since he's out of time, I decided to pay tribute to Trent, and we're gonna watch a short clip. Uh, from Braveheart. So go ahead and and watch this. So isn't it crazy the things that some guys do that bond us together? But when we share those experiences, I think that bond is something that's really hard to break. Now, when you're on the SWAT team, uh, it's important to be a band of brothers. It's important to be as one unit. You have to trust one another. And I, I thought that that bond and that trust was something that could not be broken. There are a lot of jobs for SWAT operators, and one of them is called a lead penetrator. That means when the team needs to enter a secured location, that door is, uh, is locked or barricaded. The breacher comes up, and either with a ram or a halligan, they either peel the door off or knock the door down. But once that's open, the lead penetrator is the first guy in, and you're responsible to address whatever threat might be coming at you. So that threat could be a dog, a person, a booby trap. It could be anything. The entire team used to rely on me to handle that as the first guy in the door. And through our training, I earned the team's respect, and I earned their confidence. I also earned their trust. You see, trust is everything. And one last example of what that trust was that we had as a team is something that we call a reactionary team. Most of the time, it's a three-man unit or element, as we say, and we use that for a hostage situation or an armed threat that's at us. And there's a guy that holds the shield. A lot of times he's got two hands on the shield. So he's got a lethal option on one shoulder and a less lethal option on the other shoulder. So how would you like to be the guy with the shield where his two hands are occupied and an armed threat is coming at you? And you've got to trust the guy on either shoulder to take care of business if that has to happen. Well, you know, at times we would put our lives in the hands of each other. And the bond between us became very strong. But while I was on the SWAT team, God started working on my heart. And I realized through reading the Bible what true trust was, like what the apostles did and what the apostles had for Jesus. You see, they left their jobs when they first met him, okay? They left their possessions. They left their friends and their family to follow a man they just met. This man, Jesus, was promising them amazing things. And they just believed in him. Then I started wondering What does Jesus want me to do with my life, right? How is he going to use me to spread his message? And as I started to pursue a relationship with Christ, I found that my bond with my Christian brothers became strong. It actually became stronger than the bond with my SWAT team members. You see, these Christian brothers cared about me in every aspect of my life. Not only did they care about my physical safety, like my SWAT team did, but they cared about my emotional health, my marriage, my family, my friends. They cared about my walk with God. And God used these new bonds to show me just how personal he was. That I could have a stronger bond that can handle all of life's twists and turns. You see that I came to see that, yes, I could put my temporary life in the hands of my SWAT team members, but I can put my entire life in the hands of God and my Christian brothers. As God started working on my heart, I started to share these things with the SWAT team. And as I did, I felt like their confidence in me started to diminish. You see, the team would go out fairly often and go grab a couple drinks and they would bar hop all over the place. And before I was a Christian, I I did that without thinking about it. But once I started becoming a Christian, I, I didn't quite feel that that was as fulfilling as it once was. As my faith grew, I realized what it meant to honor God and honor my wife, and I chose not to go out bar hopping anymore with the guys. I might show up at the first place and just maybe have a beer with them and then tell them, hey guys, you know, I'm going to head out, you know, I'm going to head home. They would question me and harass me until I finally told them, I don't see the point in doing what you're doing anymore. You see, I have a beautiful family at home, and I was trying to establish some new guidelines in my life to live like a God-fearing man would live. Guys on the team started calling me weak. They started questioning my toughness. And the next thing I knew, I wasn't the lead guy in the door anymore. I was the second and the third guy. And not, after, uh, not long after that, I was the grenadier, I was on the outer perimeter where we put a lot of our new guys. Was this all because I claimed to honor God? Was it because I claimed to honor my wife? Was it all because I, I shared my faith like the Bible tells me to? Well, eventually I felt led led to leave the team, and I did. And it stung a bit. It probably stung more than a bit. But I knew it was for the better. But I just couldn't help wondering, what did I do for the team to lose confidence in me? I wanted to hate them. But I knew God wanted me to love them. That was one of the first times I realized God's got a sense of humor. So my tough guy status was gone. I was no longer on the SWAT team. I didn't have that tag on the front of my vehicle. It said "Serva Fidens, Protect Without Fear." Couldn't couldn't use it anymore. But what I did have was a solid foundation in my relationship with God. I also had a a small group of men who supported me and my walk with God. Those guys were part of my small group or community group, as we call that here at Epic Church. And what I realized with these guys was these guys were stronger than any of my former teammates. Maybe not as tough as me, but they were pretty close. But seriously, these guys faced adversity just like I did, okay? And they were electricians and landscapers and IT guys and teachers and even a pastor in my group. These guys were defending their faith at work. They were honoring their wives, and they were raising their kids just like me. These guys not only cared about each other, they cared about everyone, our group looked out for each other and looked out for others as well. Because God cares about everyone, right? Not just one group of people. And suddenly my perspective of what a tough guy was had changed. I used to think that cops were the toughest guys out there. At work, they'd fight through adversity, and they'd run towards danger when everybody else was running away. After several years on the job, they came to find sarcasm and skepticism with two of their best friends. I thought being a cop defined what it meant to be tough. I mean, heck, I thought I was tough back then. But when I looked inside most of us, I saw a weakness, I saw an emptiness. But I learned through my small group that it was okay to share my feelings. I saw it was okay to admit to my downfalls, to ask for help, and even shed a tear. You see, most cops would never have been caught tearing up about anything. In fact, In law enforcement, most of these tough guys usually become more calloused and emotionless the more time you spend on the job. But something happens when Christ changes your life. You discover true, true toughness. You see, anyone can hide behind their anger. Anyone can hide behind uh, false bravado. It's got to be tough to allow yourself to open up to a brother to show how you really feel. That's risky business. I saw many of my brothers open up this way, unafraid to show their hand and confident enough in their own masculinity and identity in Christ to reveal true toughness. God shows us a real definition of tough. And I've got to say that recently I've seen some cops turn their lives over to Christ and it's been extremely special to me to witness that. And if I was generalizing, I'm not coming down on all cops here because I'm still one, If I was generalizing, cops can be some of the most judgmental people that you'll ever meet. You see, we're paid to find the bad guys before the crime happens, okay? That's what patrol is all about. We make quick decisions about people on the street that can often lead to a condemning, a sarcastic, and a distrusting attitude. It's not unusual for us to have a us versus them mentality. But when we finally realize our own need for a savior, things begin to change. Okay, We become more forgiving because suddenly we realize our own need for forgiveness. Some cops I knew back then were focused on their careers, their belongings, and the adrenaline rush that they got. Life was a game, a big game of those who die with the most stuff wins, right? And Before I became a Christian, I defined my own purpose from a purely selfish perspective. If a partner had a better home or a better car, I began to feel bad about my own level of achievement. The pursuit of better stuff and better accomplishments became the primary goal of my life. When I became a Christian, however, my mission and my purpose changed. Law enforcement, you see, is a service profession, but few cops are truly selfless in their service prior to becoming Christians. But I get it now. See, God showed me the real, true definition of purpose. Then I began to realize that experiences are better than possessions. Because most possessions will lose value over time. While experiences, they become part of our identity. They, be, they become the memories that we cherish for the rest of our lives. So experiences is what I want to focus on. I started focused focus on what had lasting ramifications, So I went on an international mission trip, and it really impacted me. You know, we need to see how blessed we are to live in this country, no matter how bad you think things are sometimes. It's nothing compared to some of these third world countries. We probably know that we're gonna be able to have lunch. We know where our next meal is coming from. If it rains today, which at this time of year probably will, you'll know that you'll be able to have shelter. And if you really need to, you'll be able to find clean drinking water. Anywhere you look. In addition to those experiences, I decided to start serving at Epic Church. So I'm part of the lifeguard team. I'm also part of the local missions team that we meet on a monthly basis to get together and and think about and try to figure out what projects we can get involved with to serve our community, to show our community that we are there for them. If you've been coming to Epic for a while, you may have seen me on some Sundays doing the announcement portion of our message. I do all these things because once you step out and serve in God's name, it actually feels really good. I serve because I get a lot out of it. And I know there are people out there that need to hear about Jesus, just like I needed to hear about Jesus. And I want to tell them how Jesus changed my life. And I think the more you share the message of salvation, the easier it gets. You just got to take the first step. And I think, my opinion, is the first step is consistent attendance at church. So I, I mentioned church, but I want to look at real quick about what Jesus said about church. When Jesus talked about the church, he said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he said this, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That's a pretty big statement. You see, Jesus saw the church as something so strong, so alive, that no amount of evil could ever take it down. The church Jesus started was dynamic. It was attractive. It was life-changing. It wasn't a place you just showed up at and suffered through. Mm-mm. It wasn't the first place you abandoned when life got crazy. In fact, it was the first place you ran to when life got hard. But here's the most important thing. The church wasn't in it. It wasn't a building it wasn't a program. It wasn't a service. Back then, church was a group of people. It was a group of people who saw Jesus come back from the dead. And they found that Jesus could be trusted in every situation. They found that they mattered to him. And then they went out and told everyone that they mattered to him. And if you would have asked them, hey guys, what's this church thing all about? I think they would have said that it's not in it, it's in us. See, church wasn't an it. Church wasn't us. It was a group of people who loved Jesus and looked out for each other. In fact, they invited outsiders to the inside. It was an invitation to everyone that spread and changed the whole known world. You know, I I think that that hasn't changed much today. I think church still isn't an it. It's still in us, okay? It's still meant to be all about The people you can't wait to be around. It's all about the people you can call when life gets hard. It's all about the people you can run to when you mess up and need forgiveness. It's the people you join if you want to make a difference in the world. The people who love each other, the people who forgive each other and look out for each other and dream with each other about what Jesus is going to do in their lives. And who wouldn't want to be a part of an us like that? You see, you can get over programs. You can get bored with a place. But an us, specifically an us that loves you, looks out for you, and is changing the world around you, that's a lot harder to get over. But that's church. And that's why being part of it is one of the most incredible things you could do for yourself, your family, your faith, and your relationship with God. So my challenge to you is to do two things. My first challenge to you is to show up at work. I'm sorry, show up at church. Show up at work. Hey, go to work, huh? Sunday, nobody works. (laughs) Show up at church. Because church isn't an it. Church isn't us, right? We need you. And it's hard to feel like a family with someone who's not around a whole lot. And guys, this is to you. Sometimes we think that when we walk in the building, we got to check our testosterone at the door, right? Because a lot of times us guys, we don't, we don't relate Christianity and toughness together. That's a bunch of hogwash. I'm telling you right now, you can be a tough guy and love Jesus. Amen. Trust me. <laughs> thought I'd get a giggle out of that. So the first thing is to show up at church. The second thing is to join in with making the church the us that Jesus meant it to be. This means living like the early church. Look out for the people in your small group. Take care of the people at your church. Forgive each other. How about this? Don't talk bad about your us. Instead, encourage each other. Pray for each other. Be for each other in as many ways as you can. You know, As a police officer, we have to be ready at all times. So we train countless hours. So when we have to respond, we're ready. And as Christians, we've got to be ready as well. And we need to continue to man up and get right with our faith, guys. We need to find ways to support one another and be confident that we Christians are the tough guys. And we're not going to back down from anyone who questions our faith. Let's remember the book of Ephesians and what Paul said about the armor of God. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. So, If you've got a Bible in front of you, open up to Ephesians. It's in the uh, second half of the Bible, okay? It's going to be the New Testament. If you have a Bible or you need one, we have them on the back tables over there. So feel free to grab one. We're opening up to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 10. And Paul says this. He says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in times of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, And the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You see, God has given us the tools to fight the enemy. So I've joined another SWAT team. But this one's a little bit different. Instead of the acronym standing for special weapons and tactics, this is what I came up with. So the S, that stands for salvation. It reminds me that Jesus died for our sins and that we are forgiven. See, I don't get hung up on my failures. I try to focus on the grace that Christ has for us, and I don't let the enemy crush my spirit. Salvation. The W, this is the word of God. You see, I believe that reading our Bible strengthens our relationship with God and is healthy for our minds. And I go back to the book of Philippians, chapter four, verses eight and nine. The apostle Paul, he closes a letter with these words. He says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent And worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace be with you. See, I believe this passage represents that what we put into our minds comes out in our words and actions. So that's the word. The A is for attendance at church. Like I said earlier, church should be the place that we run to when life gets hard. We are the church and we need to continue to support each other. So attendance is key. Seeing each other's it encourages fellowship and keeps your strong. And the T is for trust. Trust that God is with us, even when we don't feel like it. He allows us to have experiences that challenge our faith. But we need to trust that there's a reason, even if we don't understand it. Because we probably won't. Remember the wise book of Proverbs. Remember what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. It's trust. So salvation, word, attendance, trust. In a way, the old SWAT acronym is relatable. God has prepared us with special weapons and tactics to fight the enemy, but we do it with tools like the gift of salvation the Bible that contains his word, attendance at a local church, and trusting that God will never leave our side. So will you join me in my new SWAT team and stand firm in your faith? Will you fight the enemy and encourage your brothers and sisters to do the same? Because it's Father's Day, this message was originally intended to reach dads, grandfathers, uncles, brothers, and and men in general. But we all, Can become part of God's SWAT team because we did have a girl on our SWAT team at one time. So the invite goes out to everyone that can hear me. Will you join and make our new SWAT team the driving force behind your faith journey? Think about that. I hope you will. So I want to thank everyone for allowing me to be here today. I'm honored to call you my brothers and sisters, and I would go into battle with any one of you. I'm going to close in prayer, and as I pray i just going to ask you to think about a question. Will you commit to God and that you'll be part of his SWAT team? And if you've committed your life to God already, maybe you're stuck in a rut and you've been stagnant for a little bit, will you recommit to God to be part of his SWAT team? Let's bow our heads and pray. So God, I thank you for the gift of salvation and the grace that comes along with that. We are so grateful to have a loving God who cares for all of us. I thank you for your word and the wisdom that comes with it. I pray that all of us would continue to dive into it and become closer to you. And Lord, I pray that you would weigh on our hearts to be here at church as often as we can so we can continue to learn about you and build relationships with each other. God, I thank you for teaching us that trust in you is always, always the answer. We all should be seeking your guidance, and I pray that we would, Lord. Thank you for today, and I pray that all the dads would have a blessed Father's Day. And lastly, God, we all want to wish you a very happy Father's Day. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a great Sunday.